I'm Chelsea. And this is Andrew. Welcome to Hugging and Learning, a podcast where we look back at very special episodes from the 80s and 90s to see if and what they have to teach us today. (laughs) You might have noticed things are a little different today, what with our spooky new theme song. We hope it doesn't give you ear nightmares. (laughs) Chelsea, what's the deal? Well, Andy, I'm glad you asked because I would like to welcome all of our listeners, old and new, to Click or Treat. Click or Treat is happening between now, October 19th, the day we're releasing this episode, through Halloween on October 31st. And during Click or Treat, we will be serving up some special spooky content, content. some glorious giveaways, and extra snacks. Snacks, y'all. That's um, right. I mean, my God, extra snacks. We are going from one snack per ep Bullshit. to three snacks. Excellent. And they are all themed. Yep. And they're all awesome. I think some, a couple of are surprises, so yeah. I don't know. It's going to be it's gonna be interesting for both of us and all of you. <laughs> and the reason that we are doing Click or Treat is not just because we love Halloween. We do love Halloween. For sure. But we also are trying to get some new listeners for the podcast. Yeah, it's a little listener drive for it's us. It's a listener drive. We are super proud of this podcast. We have a lot of fun doing it. We've gotten some great feedback. Listener requests, snacks, which you could keep sending those people. From strangers, and they didn't kill us. Stranger snacks. So we (laughs) would like more people to listen to the podcast. We have read and done some research on this, and it seems the best way to attract new listeners to a podcast is word of mouth. Yep. And so... We need the words of your mouth. Extract the words from your mouth. We know this is a collaboration. We don't expect you to promote the podcast out of altruism. Chelsea's being super nice. Fucking tell somebody. (laughs) Tell somebody to subscribe to it and then make sure they subscribe to it. And until they do... Don't be their friend. Oh, wow. That's harsh. Okay. It's spooky. But during Click or Treat, if you uh, do one of the following three things, if you leave us an iTunes review, if you share one of our social media posts on Facebook or Instagram, Mm -hmm. or if you tag a friend in one of our social media posts on Facebook or Instagram, you get... An exclusive sticker in the mail. Exclusive sticker. You can go to our website. You can go to our social media to check out this sticker. It's super amazing. It's by an artist called Michael Ramstead. It's amazing, guys. It's the best, best sticker ever. We're adorable on it. And everyone who leaves us a review or tags a friend on our social media or shares one of our posts gets a sticker in the mail for free. You'll all get a sticker If you just do one of these three things, again, Chelsea's making it sound real nice. Just fucking do it. Just a quick, a quick housekeeping note. If you leave us an iTunes review, you need to drop us an email and send us a link to that because there's no way for us to contact someone who leaves an iTunes review. We'll say, go ahead and once you do it, just shoot us an email no matter what. Yeah. We'd like to hear from you We'd like to hear from you. Sure. What's that email address, Chelsea? Uh, The email address is hugging and A&D learning podcast at gmail.com. It's on our website, huggingandlearning.com. All the info about Click or Treat is on the website. Website, but wait, there's more. Oh my god! Not okay. only does every person who does one of those three things I mentioned get a sticker, but every person that gets a sticker is entered to win the very special prize package, Spooky. which includes more stickers. Yes, a hugging and learning mug. What? A shout out on the podcast. Fantastic. A copy of Joseph Campbell's The Hero with a Thousand Faces, which is the book (laughs) that the hero's journey comes from, (laughs) and an assortment of snacky snacks. Fantastic. So people, help us out. 
tell a friend, get some more listeners so you can talk to your friends about how great all of this is. Yeah. And if you've, if you've already left us an iTunes review, thank you so, so much. If you want to drop us an email and be like, Hey, I'm one of those people that already left your review, then you can get your sticker. Already entered bros and lady bros. So spread the hugging and learning love, get a sticker, be entered to win the very special prize package. It's now through Halloween. All the info, as I said, on our website, on our social media, we're super easy to find. Just Google Hugging and Learning or look it up on uh, Instagram or Facebook. Thunder, thunder sound, thunder sound, chains. Yeah. Ooh, a creaky door. Holy shit. <laughs> are we closing the creaky door on this promotion? I guess we are for now. All right. So, folks, like we said, we got three GD snacks to go through on this episode. <laughs> so, we aren't even telling you what episode it is yet before. We got to start with a snack. We're dividing our snacks into three different types. Yep. The first snack will be something sweet. Yay. The second snack will be something spooky. Boo. And the third snack no, will be. Not s- boo. All snacks are yay. Well, boo is in boo. Boo. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the third snack is something homemade that we all really did our best with. <laughs> yeah. Something so <laughs> homemade in air you quotes. Just couldn't. You shouldn't <laughs> judge anybody for how it looks or how bad it is or if it. Tastes okay. But don't worry. We're going to be totally honest and upfront. We won't let our Halloween excitement spoil our unbiased reviews of these three snacks. Okay. So first things first. Yeah. We have the sweet snack that I recommended. This is a Halloween favorite for me Mm -hmm. uh, since I was a tubby little child. And that is Count Chocula cereal. Yay, it's a classic. My God, you people. I it just, I've been eating it since I was a little kid, and every year I eat it, and it makes it feel like there's a spooky hug on my heart. Today we went to Target to get it, and it wasn't with the regular cereal, mm-hmm. and we found an employee, and we said, hey, is there like a Halloween food aisle? And he said, Count Chocula? Yes. We yeah. did scream. We're looking for Count Chocula not a <laughs> moment didn't. earlier. You did. Well, you were with me. <laughs> Ladies so, and gentlemen. Yay, Count Chocula. We're going to eat it now. All right, so first things first, folks, you might have noticed that we have particularly spooky snack-eating music, and that has been provided by uh, incredible band, friend of the podcast, Altered Revelations. We wholeheartedly suggest you check them out. Yeah. They're amazing. They are metal and hardcore. Uh, you can check them out at alteredrevelations.com or on Facebook slash Altered Revelations. Thanks, guys. All right, let's talk about the cereal. Count Chocula came out. Uh, it made its debut in 1971, mm-hmm. and it is still monster cereals. still in production seasonally. And it's composed of little crunchy chocolate bits that are, I think, supposed to look like maybe bats, and chocolate marshmallows. That's it. Real simple. Yes. Two pieces. It tastes like uh, it tastes like sugar with a side of chocolate and a little bit of milk. Yeah, it tastes like that chocolate that only. Only cereals like this have that particular chocolate yeah. taste, like yeah, Cocoa yeah. Puffs and anything that's a, like a chocolate breakfast cereal. Nothing else chocolate on earth tastes like this Not particular thing. And this one tastes more and more like that artificial chocolate every single year because I do buy it every single year. Uh-huh. But it's great. I've been eating it since I was a kid. My grandmother bought it for me. Mm. Yeah. Uh, my grandmother, who did not necessarily care for children, was like, I have to get these very proper women. Mm-hmm. I had to get these children some cereal. Oh, well, these are colorful and they have demons on them. I will get this for them. 
Perhaps they'll learn something. Uh, and that uh, sparked a love affair with not only cereal, but demons. Yeah. I'm super glad that this was our first snack of our first episode of yep. Quick or Treat. It feels very appropriate. It tastes very nostalgic. Oh, for sure. You don't need to put milk on it. You just eat it by the yeah. handful. It's like, just candy. Just, just candy. sugary, just straight up crunchy candy. Breakfast candy. Let's talk about a goddamn episode of television. Yeah. Okay. So what are we doing for Quick or Treat? Episode-wise, Andy. Well, you should know that for the two Click or Treat Halloween episodes, that voice is not going to come back, uh, (laughs) we are doing Family Matters Stevel. Yeah. And Stevel 2, this time he's not alone. Stevel. So today we're doing Family Matters Stevel, which is from season eight, episode seven, mm-hmm. premiered in October 25 of 1996. Yep. It's written by Gregory Thomas Garcia and Fred Rubin and directed by Rich Carell. Hashtag be my friend, Rich Carell. We'll get into it later. Rich Carell also did the voice, right? He sure did, yeah. Chelsea. And so many other things. Amazing. Be yeah, his IMDb is expansive. Yes. Be, um, be my friend, Rich Carell. Family Matters, which you might remember as the show that we did for our very, very first, first episode, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ran from 1989 to 1998, nine seasons, 215 episodes, was on ABC for its first eight seasons, and then moved to CBS for its final season. Mm-hmm. It was originally a spinoff of Perfect Strangers. Its matriarch, Harriet, was the elevator operator at the Chicago Chronicle, the fictional newspaper where Larian Balky worked. But in the end, Family Matters ran for a full season longer than Perfect Strangers. Sure did. It ran for nine seasons. And if you know anything about Family Matters, you'll know that it started as a family-oriented mm-hmm. sitcom. And then by the 12th episode, introduced Steve Urkel and then quickly became the Steve Urkel show. Yeah. Not only that, Chelsea, but since we've talked about most of like the first four seasons on the other the other episode mm-hmm. that we did, let's talk about these later seasons. Yeah, let's talk about when it went off the rails. Off the rails. So season eight starts with them on Paris vacation. Sure, that's fine. I mean, it's like a four episode. Great. They're in Paris doing wacky stuff. It happens all the time. Then they adopt a young kid named 3J. 3J. That is his name. It is. Okay. Because his all three of his first, middle, and last name are all start with a J. Okay. Okay. So then around episode 16, things get a little weird. I'll read the synopsis for episode 16. <laughs> when Steve transports Carl back in time, Carl learns a valuable lesson about priorities. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't watched it. Oh I haven't watched it. Yeah. It's... It's they're just it's not necessarily I think in the first first podcast episode I posit, I posited that it was just they're running out of ideas. Mm-hmm. There's two things. First of all, just to finish up how the how season eight goes, characters are transformed. I believe we get our first introduction to Stefan Urkel. Mm-hmm. And the season finale is Urkel and Carl traveling back to the seventeen hundreds and hanging out with pirates. So it cool. may seem like this thing has just run out of ideas, but I'm also going to point out the fact that 1995-1996 TV saw a surge in, like, spooky, fantastical television. Mm -hmm. X-Files was ruling the charts at that point, or still. Sabrina the Teenage Witch was playing then, Third Rock from the Sun, News Radio and Drew Carey both did, like, weird episodes. Lois and Clark, Touched by an Angel. It's just more acceptable at this point. To be supernatural. Yeah. I think it's notable because Family Matters started off as a 
reality-based right. thing and then transferred into, well, let's just do this. Family Matters also was losing viewers. I mean, much, its yeah. ratings were plummeting. That's why it switched networks. It was canceled by ABC and CBS picked it up. Yep. And then CBS canceled it one season later. This feels to me like a, let's throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Oh, for sure. See if we can get some new eyeballs on this thing. So, yeah, this is the last season on ABC. Next season, they'll be at CBS, and that will be the last season. Yep. So let's talk about this episode, Chelsea. Yeah. I'm going to set up The Ordinary World a little bit because the episode sets it up not at all. Yeah. Uh, the Winslow family is a happy, middle-class African-American family. They live in Chicago. They have a nerdy neighbor named Steve Urkel who causes kooky problems and is obsessed with their teenage daughter, Laura. And Steve lives at their house he lives now? lives with them now, I guess. I, w- I was like, he's the next door neighbor. He's always been the neighbor. And then he came down from upstairs of their house at the yeah. top of the episode. And I was like, that's From weird. the attic. He was in the attic. Does he live in the attic, yeah. I think? Yeah, but so is Eddie. They're sharing a room. Well, look. He's living in their house, regardless. They don't say how much family matters. They just no, say that no. they do, in fact, matter. There are just no clues to how I- any of this came to be in this episode. Yeah, I mean, it's just all accepted. They don't really have time for a setup, like you're no. saying. They're just like, we got to get to this wacky adventure. Right. You get it, Urkel, the family. Go. But I forgot to mention the PSA at the top of the episode. That's what we're going to talk about right now. That's the yeah. cold open of this show. And I have a weird theory about it. So why don't you explain what the cold open is? Okay. At the top of the episode, there is a little bit of a PSA from uh, Julia White, Mm -hmm. the guy who plays Steve Urkel. He's in character. He's sitting on a couch next to a jack-o'-lantern and he says, tonight's episode is a little bit scary, so you might want to watch it with someone brave. And and then 3J and Richie are sitting next to him and they're like, we'll protect you, basically. Can we turn on the light? He says, and they look at him like, oh, Steve, you're so crazy. You're such a... I think I want to have your baby. There's lyrics from Shoop. Saying you're sexualizing children. I can't help but say those lyrics when that comes up. We're going to let that pass. I'm going to let that one pass. Thanks. Moving on. Keeping it in? Thank you. Moving on. So I have a weird thing that I noticed here on Steve's intro. Do it. So this is the first audio clip is Steve doing this PSA. And I noticed his voice sounded a little familiar. Tonight's episode of Family Matters is a little scary. So you might want to watch it with somebody brave. So I've heard that, and immediately I was like, well, that sounds like someone else. So I got a second clip of that someone else. (gasps) Nobody panics, because it's all part of the plan. But when I say that one little old mare will die, well, then everyone loses their minds. The Joker from the Dark Knight. <laughs> Steve Urkel sounds like the Joker from the Dark Knight. Fight me. I'm not going to fight you. It's creepy, I'm y'all. Really... Once I listened to it, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. You just mean like the tone of his voice, the like, cadence just the, of his the voice? the tenor and then, yeah, like mm. the, it goes up a little bit and then comes back down. No. Yeah, so. He's the progenitor. Some nerds just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> Master Bruce, this is not like any other nerd we've seen before. <laughs> oh, my God. After that PSA, we go straight into Act 1, which takes place in the Winslow living room mm-hmm. and starts with Urkel a coming down the stairs with something wrapped in a sheet. Yeah, he's got about a three-foot tall something under a sheet. He pulls the sheet off, and it is a replica of himself. It's a ventriloquist dummy that looks exactly like him. It has just crawled straight out of the uncanny valley. (laughs) Uh, Carl screams. This thing, gotta say, is gorgeously crafted. 
Yeah, it's a beautiful yes, thing. It's Bravo to the props master on this episode, Gary Ramirez. Mm. I don't know if he built this puppet. There was no one else listed as puppet maker on the credits, so I'm sure. giving it to Gary. It is a gorgeous ventriloquist dummy. It it's, looks exactly like the actor. So the rest of the family at this point is doing Halloween crafts. Yeah, they're getting decorations they're up and stuff like that. Doing all that stuff, and they see this Halloween doll, and they scream because yeah. it's it's. You're right. I'm going to amend what you said. It's straight out of the uncanny valley of the shadow of death. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and no amount of prayer is going to help you there. Um, yeah, so, uh, and then there's a weird line from Laura where she just goes, it's off screen. So it's like a voiceover right. of Laura going, a dummy that looks exactly like Steve. As though we can't. Right, like we don't it. have eyes. Um, I should also say, because we normally talk about the credit sequence, there isn't one. No. They cut the theme song and credit sequence in season seven yeah, on Family Matters. They're done with that. So it's just names popping up at the bottom of the screen during this first uh, scene. Mm-hmm. So Steve has this beautiful dummy that looks exactly like him. <laughs> beautiful dummy. It's really it's very, well crafted, very well made. But it's horrifying. He wants to take up ventriloquism, I guess. So he he has the dummy and he tells this bad joke and the family kind of groans and yeah. and he says, I'm awful, aren't I? And he sounds genuinely hurt. Yep. And everybody's like, yeah, you're terrible. Here's the thing. Not everybody. My fucking grandma Winslow is <laughs> yes. about this. Yes, Mother Winslow's laughing Everybody's very like, hard. Oh, oh, and Mother Winslow is like doubled over laughing <laughs> about this. She just had an edible. She's like, this is <laughs> awesome. Like, this is <laughs> great. I see all the shapes and colors. This um, is also the beginning of my theory that all of ventriloquism is just puns. It seems to be all puns yeah. and knock-knock jokes. Probably. That's all we really get about this. They're just really relying on the fact that you know everything about this family already. Sure. And I want to also note that as they fade out, Steve is like, I'm terrible at this. And they're like, yes, you are. And yeah. I think he starts to leave. And it fades out. And Grandma Winslow is launching into an argument about this. She's like, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> this ventriloquism act is fantastic. <laughs> And they're uh, not going to listen to her and threaten her with the uh, nursing home. I would like to point out, it's not terribly creepy, but there's a kind of a horror movie score to this. It's yeah. not a typical um, sitcom score. There's a live audience or a laugh track still going. Mm. Um, a and very reactive audience, too. They yeah. get really into this. They get really into it at kind of upsetting moments. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we're setting the scene for you. This is a This is their Halloween episode of this season and they are really doing everything. They're pulling out all the stops, click or treat style. Sure. To to click really get you into this this new ordinary world that's just a little bit off kilter of sure our is. regular ordinary world. The next scene sees us up in Steve's bedroom, mm-hmm. at which point I write down Steve lives there, I guess. Yeah, yes. <laughs> there are two stickies on the wall. I don't know what you call them exactly. They're like fat heads or something no, like that. No, because they're like life size, well, not life size. They're full body posters they're, with no background. They're, yeah, like replica stickers of uh, Michael Jordan and Dennis Rodman. Right. To just keep that in mind, everybody. Because Steve is a noted sports enthusiast. Well, it's also they live in Chicago. I know they live in Chicago. It's just weird. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, he's Sometimes a super nerd. Sometimes it's hard to tell whether we're being sarcastic or right. not. And now it's a dark and stormy night. Yes. And, and Eddie comes in and says, wow, there's a storm out there. <laughs> right. It's just pointing at everything. We're just pointing at everything. And then they literally shove a spoon through the screen <laughs> and feed you the rest of the episode. And Steve says, I'm the world's worst ventriloquist. And Eddie is like, yeah, you you really are. And, and, and Urkel is sad and lightning crashes. And the angel opens her eyes. 
Oh my god! Did you just do a fucking live joke? <laughs> you you the did a fucking you did a live. Shoot. There was so much sugar in that you, cereal. That's no excuse. I've seen live in concert twice. Yeah, that doesn't make it right. <laughs> Lots of people went to spin doctors concerts. That <laughs> doesn't make them any better or more acceptable. One, two princes. How about zero princes? Everybody loves that song. Nobody loves that song. Everybody. I love that song. noting is that Eddie has the scariest fucking mustache oh in the world. Oh my god, the mustache is terrifying. <laughs> it's just not it's great. It's just that, like, high school, I probably shouldn't grow a mustache, but I kind yeah. of can, so I'm it's, going for it. It's like they say in Jurassic Park, he didn't think about whether he should, should grow yeah. the mustache, just whether he could. Exactly. And he barely could. So, <laughs> um, but that Chelsea, doesn't stop him from laying down some casual misogyny real oh, quick. Yeah. He's like, I want a doll that sits in my lap, but she could talk by herself. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, oh, um, well, he's like the only doll I want sitting on my lap can talk on her own. Well, at least it wasn't a, I don't know. It could have been so much worse. In Trump's America, it just seems dismissible. Yeah, it's like, It's okay, just like, cool. okay, great. Thanks and Steve not. says the magic words, I just want to make this dummy talk. I wish, I wish I could just make this dummy talk. Now, if I know anything about sitcoms and movies. Yeah. It's two things. <laughs> <laughs> so if you know two things about sitcoms and Do movies. Do not start a sentence with I wish. Sure. Because it's going to come true in a way you don't want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And lightning is magical and can make anything happen like the season of Christmas. So if there's lightning outside and you say, if you start a phrase with I wish and there's lightning. Watch out. It's all over for you. And true to that, uh, Steve goes and lays back down and lightning crashes out of the sky and then bangs a tight right turn through the window (laughs) and strikes the doll. And its and eyes the, fly open. And the audience goes, uh-oh. <laughs> it's alive. <laughs> it's Steve, alive. The Steve Dummy comes to life. And it's evil. And it's voiced by director uh, Rich Carell, as yeah. we said. Hashtag be my friend Rich Carell. Okay. That's the hashtag that we're starting. All right, cool. Yeah. So the call to adventure <laughs> is this dummy waking up. Yes. Uh, we're now in a world where the dummy is animate. We don't quite know what the journey will be. Obviously, Steve's going to be the hero of the yep. journey. The voice is evil as fuck. Yeah. Uh, he's got a furrowed brow. He laughs like a maniac. Mm. And so Steve is instantly scared upon I mean, noticing that the doll is alive. Yeah, sitcom Chucky. So the next scene sees us back in the living room where Steve comes downstairs with the dummy and like a that old cartoon with the frog. He has a dancing and singing mm-hmm. frog and mm-hmm. the frog won't dance or sing for anybody. Right. It's a long way to say that Steve tries to tell everybody the doll's evil. And then it won't do anything, and they're like, oh, Steve. Yeah, this is a sitcom trope. Evil things don't evil on command. They they rarely do. It just happens that way. The world is topsy-turvy, and this is the special world now we know fully because not only is there an animate 
ventriloquist dummy that moves on its own. There's something bad going on in the house, and no one believes Steve, and he has to deal with it on his own. Absolutely. He's this no is support. supposed to be family matters, yes. but none of this matters to the family. <laughs> that's such a look on your face. <laughs> none of this matters to the family. Like a law and order lawyer closing a statement. And we're done. Carl, and the most special line, perhaps, he asks, Steve... Has anyone in your family ever checked into the rubber ramada? Yeah, right. I didn't know how to feel about that. Not great. No, it feels really insensitive in 2018. Rubber ramada. I mean, I get that alliteration makes everything funny. Which is ironic, because when we watched this on Hulu just now, there was a pill, a, a commercial for schizophrenia, schizophrenia medicine. Schizophrenia, yeah. Because we're, we're, we're better than that now. Yeah. So I guess that's how I feel about it. So then Steve tries to keep telling them... And either Carl or actor Reginald Bell Johnson says, I don't have time for this, and walks away. Uh, and then Grandma, who wants him to recover so that he can do more awesome ventriloquism yes. for her She's and only her. In his corner. She, she says, Steve, get some sleep. Yeah, right. So he says, I must be losing my mind. Mm -hmm. I do need some sleep. This is, you know, this is all a figment of my imagination. But the dummy then comes back to life once everyone else is out of the room and assures him he's perfectly sane. You're perfectly fine. Um, And he begins to recite his mantra, which gave me a chuckle. I actually like this mantra. My name is Stephen Q. Urkel. My IQ is 196. I like cheese, I like polka, and I am perfectly safe. Yes. Oh, perfectly sane. Sane? Yeah. I thought it was safe. Uh-uh. Sane. Oh, interesting. He started to convince himself he's not crazy. I know, but I thought he was trying to convince himself he was also safe and the doll couldn't hurt him or something. Because the doll's like following him up the stairs at this point. I get it, but he is, he's definitely saying sane. Okay, well, um, that's an enunciation problem that I am putting on the actor. Well, and if you talk like the Joker, you're going to get <laughs> some confused true. looks. Okay, so this is what's going on with the puppet. Yeah. It it is alternatively oh, yeah, let's it, talk from about... scene to scene, from moment to moment, it is sometimes a marionette mm. and sometimes it is clearly being played by a human who yeah. is in a mask walking around. That which is the creepiest part of this episode. Yeah, it goes back and forth. And the the guy playing Stevel, as you can see if you watch the little tag making a feature oh, at the end right. of the episode, is Josh Ryan Evans from Baby Geniuses and the soap Passions, if you remember. Oh, Passion. Passion. Yeah, he is the little person from Passions. And the other thing to note about this is, and I don't know how much we need to comment on it, mm. is that he is white and he's wearing a full head mask. So he's not wearing black makeup on his yeah, face. Yeah, so bonus. But he's wearing black makeup on his hands. Yeah. He's it's doing black hand. Kind of weird. Like a jazz singer in reverse. Yeah, it's... Um, that reference is not for anyone. But I also, I don't want to, you know, I don't know how many little people of color there are out there in Hollywood trying to get probably jobs. Probably one. Yeah, you're right. Would you say? Probably one. Two or three? Yeah. I mean, it's 1996, so I don't know how much success they're having getting in the room. But I don't either. That's a whole separate episode we need to take yeah. on someday. So, Steve's reciting his mantra, convincing himself that he is not crazy and the doll says boo and steve runs upstairs a screaming into yeah. his bedroom where he tries to barricade the door yeah he locks and, the door good job mm-hmm. put the chair under the uh handle good yeah. job yeah and then he starts taking little pieces of scotch put tape, scotch tape on, on the and door put them jam, on the door jam which is so i immediately thought of this thing before i realized it was supposed to be a joke did you ever go on like a youth 
tr- retreat or trip or school trip or something where everyone oh, was in yeah, hotel yeah, yeah. rooms and they put a slip of scotch tape across the door jam to yeah. see if anybody left their room at Did night. Did you tell me the story about the somebody left their door? Was this you? No, 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 it wasn't me, but I told you this story. Yeah. I wasn't the hero of the no, story. No, 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 you just heard about it. I went on a speech and debate tournament once where this was the thing. The teacher came around and put scotch tape on everybody's doors, and then one brave soul just, like, busted out of their room, and then we all, like, hung out all night, and then she went around and put tape on everybody's door. Nice. And, was, and got in trouble, but no one else got in trouble, and she was the hero. Her oh. name was Raven. Oh, that's so Raven. Yeah. I've heard a different story about this then mm-hmm. where somebody breaks out of their room and then before they go out and do whatever they're doing, they break everybody else's scotch tape. <laughs> it's like the reverse they of that. Can't, they can't, they can't <laughs> suspend they can't us all. They can't us all. <laughs> oh, man, that's the reverse. Uh, this is not the case here. He's just putting scotch tape on the door like that's going to do anything. It's going to help, yeah. And the dummy crawls in the window. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sure. He crawls up three flights perhaps into the attic and that's great. So yeah. then he dances and that's the most unsettling thing we've seen. Guys, yet. I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, <laughs> don't, I don't. My note is Steve can't believe what he's seeing. The dummy is very mean. Those are the things I have. <laughs> I think that could be the, the synopsis for this episode. It also sounds like Steve goes to like the the, the Black Lodge in Twin Peaks, and the little guy says, "Steve can't believe what he's seeing. That dummy is mean." The dummy says he doesn't like the Winslows because they're basically says they're like goody goodies. They make me sick, and the audience goes, "Ooh, like the, sick the audience is like burn. no." <laughs> The puppet doesn't like the Winslows? <laughs> Should we leave? <laughs> the puppet says the Winslows are in the way, so we'll have to get rid of them. Yeah, and I'm like, again, it's like, oh. well, I'm like, in what way are they in the way? Dude. Steve, and by extension, you are living under their roof. Why you would they need just, to go? Like, here's the thing, dummy. Just go. Just leave. You can just, you're, you can just go. You're ambulatory. You just did it, go. man. You don't need to kill nobody. Steve says you're evil. And the puppet says, call me steve which, okay, cool. Yeah. I still don't know why you're a tiny, pissy rage doll, but the Winslows have got to go for no real specified reason. And we cut to commercial. Commercial, which means it's time for another goddamn snack. Yay, more snacks. All right, so first we had our sweet snack, and now it's time for our scary, scary snack. snack. Uh, okay, so the story about this spooky snack, this scary snack, yeah. is that I love spicy things. Miles loves spicy things. Delicious. Andy does not like spicy things Andy at all. Andy does not like spicy things. So not at all. Miles and I discovered this ghost pepper queso from Stonewall Kitchen. Ghost pepper queso. <laughs> <laughs> we, we love this. It is very spicy, but we love it. It's what I call hiccup hot. <laughs> it's so hot it gives me the hiccups. Well, we propose that we... But we eat this uh, as the snack a couple of episodes ago, and Andy was like, no, I don't like spicy things. spicy things. But then we were talking about what snacks would be scary to do for uh, for click or treat. He's already sweating. I'm just, I hate fucking spicy food. Okay. Oh, man. okay we're so no. prepared, though. Right, we've, got we go. the, we've got the queso. Here we go. We've got some tortilla chips. We're digging in. We've got a glass of milk. We are never going to make you listen to food eating sounds, but we are going to capture Andy's reaction. Yeah. So don't worry. I'm going to move away from the microphone and take a big old gob of ghost pepper queso. All right, so we're all getting chips. I'm going to get like as big a scoop of ghost pepper queso as I can get. Oh, it's so much. Oh, there's definitely a pepper oh in gosh. there. No! 
No! Oh no! Oh, I took too much! Oh no, how do we get... Oh! Oh, it's... No, it's the worst! We shouldn't have done this! We meddled in God's domain! He's wiping his eyes, be careful! Oh! Okay, welcome back. While Andy's recovering here, I'm just going to give my quick little uh, take on this. I love this queso. It's very delicious. It's like ballpark style cheese mm -hmm. that's just hot as fuck. And it is. It's awesome. It's the gift that keeps on giving, as Andy will tell you. Yeah, I'm different now. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was horrible. Uh, I made a good decision uh, at, uh, as a child. Uh, I decided not to enjoy spicy foods. I also decided not to eat a bag of glass. I don't want <laughs> pain with my foods. Foods are supposed to, sure, foods will sometimes try to poison us. Mm -hmm. That's the eternal struggle between humans and food. <laughs> but we've gotten to a place where we can avoid eating things that cause us pain. I'm glad you brought up a thing you started avoiding as a child because I did that with horror movies. So, oh, for sure. So let's talk about... The, uh, the Chucky movies. The spicy food of Chelsea's movie taste. <laughs> um, because I haven't seen them. Sure, and I've I seen did, uh, all of them. You have. I did look up, you know, I, I did a tiny bit of research, as is mm -hmm. my want. There are seven movies, the Child's Play series. Yes. They The first one came out in 1988, and the last one came out in 2017. And then I read this article that was like, we're doing a reboot. And I was like, how can you reboot something that came out last year? The last one that came out was called, it's called The Cult of Chucky. And it was supposed to revive the franchise, but then it leaked online. Mm. I don't believe it was very good. I saw it. I thought it was fine. These old horror movies are just not holding up mm -hmm. as well without some sort of fresh take on them or... It's really Chucky. So Chucky is yeah. a killer named Charles who uh, is being chased by the police and he gets a voodoo priest to put his soul into a doll, a good guy doll. So that's because I think he's dying as well. Okay, because so, I was say the police are still going to catch your body and that's what they really want. Yeah, but he puts his soul in the doll. Sure. And he says, okay, your soul's in this doll. But you need to get your soul out of this doll within a certain amount of time. You'll turn into the doll. Also, you have to uh, you're you'll have to do this with the first person you tell who you are. So okay. he's doll. He's bought by a kid. He tells the kid who he really is, and then he's like, "Shit, I got to get in this this kid's body." And that's the movie. So homicidal doll trying to kill everybody and then get his soul into this kid's body. And that goes on for seven movies? Sure does. Cool. Well, he gets married. He has a kid. Oh, right. Bride of Chucky. I remember that being Jennifer, one. Jennifer Tilly plays Bride of Chucky. Cool. Seed sure. of Chucky. Got to be his kid, right? That would be it. Go go watch them on your own. Yeah, sure. Let's get back to Steve. Act two. Uh, we're back. And Richie and other kid, 3J, are off trick-or-treating with an adult. Dressed as Rodman and Jordan. Carl says, don't eat your candy till I look at it. And Richie says, don't eat our candy while you look at it, which is a <laughs> pretty 19, solid joke. It's 1996. <laughs> we're afraid of things. Yeah, there are razor blades in your apples. Um <laughs> Steve comes downstairs and he's like, don't worry, Carl, I've locked steve away upstairs in a trunk. The dummy is evil. He says bad things. And Carl does not get on board with any of this. He says, Steve, I am seriously afraid that you are losing your mind. And the audience does not laugh. Like, this line is delivered genuinely. It's true. 
and Steve spazzes out. And then, of course, because he's got some sort of very ill-defined powers. Punches himself out of yeah. his little wooden crate. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, evil laugh. There's a jump scare of a sort. And, and then that's all that is. That takes two seconds. And then we're back downstairs. Now it's just Eddie who's giving out candy to kids. Yeah, with his pedo mustache. Yeah. Reading a magazine between trick-or-treaters. So the doll has said we need them Winslows out of the way. He hadn't really gone into specifics, but here's what he does. He calls Eddie over to the chimney. He's climbed down the chimney. Sure. Sure. He's like, help, come over to the chimney, Eddie. And, and then he's, Eddie very earnestly says, Santa? Good line. Made me chuckle. So if it was Waldo, I would have been on the floor. <laughs> Remember Waldo, y'all? So Eddie goes over there and, and looks up, and then he's sucked up into the chimney, mm-hmm. and we later find out, He's dead. Steve says, one down, five to go. Creepy laugh. And then we cut to a green screen. Yep. Which is supposed to be outside where Richie and his friend and adopted brother, 3J, are being chased by Steve in Urkel's BMW Isetta 300. I looked this up. Yes, it's a very specific car. Richie and 3J are on their bikes and they're pedaling as fast as they can. And Steve is driving this car. We cut away. In that moment, I think we're supposed to assume that Stiebel ran them over, but then the very next scene we see they're somehow trapped in the posters of the basketball players that are in the Murphy bed, or like their heads have been cut off in there. We we flash to the bedroom. Steve finds that Stiebel is loose, and Stiebel is actually right behind the door, very scary. The audience never knew what hit him. Uh, So Stiebel's like, I got rid of Eddie, and as for the kids, why don't you look... In your Murphy bed. Yeah, and I have a note to myself here that said, is this kid's name 3J? It's 3J. His name starts with, his first, middle, and last name start with a J, so they call him 3J. Sure. Sure. I'm sure they wrote that down like, well, this is just a temporary character. Right, right, right. And now he's still here. So Steve Urkel pulls down his Murphy bed, Mm -hmm. and behind that are the cutouts of Jordan and Rodman. But now those cutouts have the faces of Richie and 3J, but they're talking and saying, help us. Yeah. So I just have to guess that they're not dead. They're just trapped behind the wall okay. with their heads poked out. Yes. And I'm going to say more about this after we discover where the rest of the family is. Well, what? I've got more to say about it now. Okay, cool. Uh, I don't think it's as much Stevel as it is unsteventful. A bit stevocative. Oh, my God. All of ventriloquism is just puns. Now I see where we're... I mean, it's not... We don't have to worry about it. They'll be evacuated. Yep. Steventually. Rule of fours we're going for. Cool. Look, I'm sorry, guys. That's just my evaluation of this oh event. Oh, God. And we're done. Steve runs out of the room. <laughs> Steve says, you're not going to get anybody else, and then runs out of the room, leaving Steve alone. It's like, pick that dummy up and take him with you. He's portable. Yeah. Take him with you. That's how you assure yeah, he doesn't bigger. get anyone else. But anyway, he goes down to the kitchen, and Laura's in the kitchen. Shit gets real here. In three separate cabinets. Yeah. So, lest you freak out. When I describe this, let me tell you first she's okay. So her head her head and shoulders. <laughs> Did you think we were gonna spook the listener? Well, kind of, because okay, so Well, her, you know, there's not blood pouring out of this. This is cabinets. the thing. She's in three separate cabinets. Her head and shoulders are in one cabinet, her torso is in the next cabinet, and her legs are in a third cabinet. This would be horrifying if those were like disembodied body parts, but she's somehow alive and still talking. There's no blood, there's no gore. And she's, like, annoyed, but, like, not as annoyed as she was when those kids were drinking at that rooftop party <laughs> that one time. This is the second worst thing I've ever <laughs> she's, seen. She's We've seen her way pissed, more pissed off than this. 
Um, I'm going to say my most shameful moment here is when uh, Steve says, Laura's a good girl. She's just suffering from low shelf esteem. Yeah, this is after she says, I'm beside myself. No, 100%. By the way, and Chucky. Steve says, pull yourself together. Yeah. Uh, Chucky, by the way, since we mentioned him, is all ridiculous puns. And lots of 80s and 90s horror villains just punny. were puns. Punny, Freddy Krueger. The guy who played the villain Shocker from the Wes Craven's Shocker, uh-huh. where a murderer gets sent to the electric chair, becomes pure energy. Oh. This is a stuff that I know, by the way, Chelsea. I don't think I could name all the state capitals. <laughs> like name all I puns? never learned calculus. Um, <laughs> um, I know uh, Wes Craven's Shocker. So, yeah. The, so, Laura's like, uh, close the cabinet. I don't want anybody to see me like this, which means they don't want to keep... You know, she didn't want to stay there the whole scene. Uh, Harriet, the mother, has been turned into a jack-in-the-box using some green screen effects, which are weird and it's, unconvincing, but whatever, it's 1996, so props for trying stuff. Well, I mean, it's a throwback to the Twilight Zone episode about the kid, the omniscient kid. His family is being terrorized because he can do whatever he wants, and he turns one of them into a jack-in-the-box. Later happens again in Twilight Zone, the movie. Oh, I see. But this is just terrifying. She's alive and well well enough to be salty, at least. She's, um, <laughs> there are more puns. She's mad. She wants to get a baseball bat and go after the doll. Yep. And I'm like, I'm looking at this and going, is he magical in this episode? Not mm. talking about Steve-O 2. No, we'll get there. He doesn't carry a weapon and he's three feet tall. How did he How manage all, all of this? How is this all so happening? So quickly. All of these people have three feet on him. Yeah. How did he manage all and of this? Eddie has a creepy mustache on him. Yeah. Harriet has some sass on him. So much sass. There were two of them. I mean, the Jay kids, and Richie. sure. Well, yeah, you're right. There were two of them. So Carl is reading in the living room. First of all, Steve shoves Steve into the fridge. Yes. And I'd like to point out that the grunts and efforts... And like mutterings by Rich Carell as Stevel are amazing. Hashtag be my friend Rich Carell. But Um, Stevel tunnels out of the back of the fridge, which is a thing that I guess you can do into the living room. room. And there's Carl, and he's acting a little weird. Yeah, and uh, Steve runs in and he's like, "Did you have you seen the dummy?" And Carl, instead of disbelieving him and saying, "Oh, you're acting crazy," says, "Well." If the dummy did get out and if he did do all these things and hurt the whole family, is that so bad? Steve's like, "What?" And then it turns out, of course, that Carl's been turned into Stevel's ventriloquist dummy, and Stevel yep. is sitting under him somehow, operating him sure. from below. And yep. and Steve Urkel is horrified. We're okay. all horrified. Yep. Um, I'm just I'm just moving on past just, this. So now I would say, if this applies at all, this is just maybe it's my own wishful thinking. Yeah. We are approaching the endmost oh cave. Oh my god, the hero's journey. <laughs> we are approaching the endmost cave. Oh man. So now Steve. <laughs> But this is also a moment where finally Stevel kind of reveals his motivation yeah. for doing all this. He so, says, I took care of the Winslows so we could go on the road together. I knew you'd never come unless they were out of the way. But Stevel doesn't want to be the dummy in this act, Andrew. Oh. He wants to be the puppet. Dun, dun, dun. And Steve Urkel says, never, I'm not going anywhere without a fight. Mm. And I guess this is as good a time as any. To have a big fight sequence, sure. and Steve and Steve will circle each other like boxers, and Miles starts yelling. No, uh, no, no. The same thing, the same reaction when you ate the ghost pepper queso. No. Yeah. No. No. Because now Steve is fighting um, a little person. A little person in a Steve mask. And it is 
Uh, off-putting. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. yes. It's yeah. the nicest thing that I can say. And, and Miles was not having it. None of us were having it, but Miles definitely had a yeah, strong reaction. He had a vocal to reaction. It. The fight choreography is dumb as fuck. Yep. Part of it, the part where Steve gets the upper hand for a moment, happens behind the couch. We don't even see it. Yep. But then eventually, Steve goes into berserker mode, and <laughs> <laughs> and he beheads and dismembers Steve, who is back to being a marionette at this point. Yeah. He takes. Oh, he his, doesn't. He doesn't kill a little person. No. He no. takes his head off and throws it across the room. He takes his arms and legs and throws them across like various corners of the room but very then, thrilling score underneath yeah. swelling like, I did it and, and then Steve thinks he's won steve much like Terminator 2 mm-hmm. <laughs> puts himself back together and sits up and fights I'm gonna point out one thing that we skipped over here by the way just before the fight they're insulting each other yes and the dummy uses a term that made me deeply uncomfortable. Flesh boy? Flesh boy. Oh, wait. It's coming back in season two. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be deeply uncomfortable then, too. <laughs> um, I'm going to kill you, flesh boy. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 um, no. I kind of liked mm-hmm. the moment where his body came back together because it was some... You could see in a couple of shots the wires they were using to yeah. pull. And I was like, oh, this is they're doing this with some kind of old-fashioned theater tricks and not... The green screen they've been sort of haphazardly employing up to this point. So then Steve comes back together and Steve closes his eyes and says, this can't be happening. This isn't happening. And Steve starts to choke him to death. And he says, it's happening. It's happening. And I didn't do a ton of research for these episodes, but I did find an article that I enjoyed, but I shouldn't have read it before I watched because it made me think this was going to be very scary. Um, And in fact, it was not as scary as this article made it sound. But on Decider, there's an article by a guy called Brett White that came out almost exactly a year ago, and it's called... This Family Matters Halloween episode is the most effed up thing ever aired on TGIF. I don't disagree. But he says, I watched a lot of Halloween, uh, very special episodes, and I have to tell you, I've never seen one like the Family Matters episode of Stevel. It's the psycho of sitcoms, the exorcist of TGIF, <laughs> child's play condensed into a half hour, and answer the answer to the question, what if David Lynch got a hold of Steve Urkel? How about it? And then he says, there's a cognitive dissonance thing that happens seeing this objectively creepy dummy trying to choke out Steve while the audience is chuckling yeah. is upsetting. He points out that everyone has very grounded reactions to everything everything throughout the whole episode. And it by this point, we're very used to seeing these insane plots and then them being a dream, but we don't have any indication at the beginning of this episode that this is a dream. Mm-mm. And after all, ghosts were proven to be real and perfect strangers, and these shows share a universe. Yeah. So it's kind of this weird thing of like, what am I watching? How much of this can be real? <laughs> well, it's a little thing that I like to call... Take that, child viewers. <laughs> because here's the thing. Yeah, this this episode's ridiculous now. And it would have been a little ridiculous at the age where I could have watched this. But I watched episodes in the 80s that didn't have a preface. Didn't say, hey, this is a spooky mm-hmm. episode. They just launched into it. Halloween or no, they were just like, hey, let's scare some kids. Right. steve jumps on Steve Urkel and is, and is choking him to death. And we cut to... Commercial Commercial, break. which means we have our last snack. Snack, 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 So this snack, is snack. our homemade snack, which homemade I made. Homemade by Andy. And I just want to remind everybody that I just, I did my best here. So for our homemade snacks, we just decided to, that was, that was all the criteria we put on it was they have to be homemade. So I decided to go 
a little further with it Ooh. and make to decorate some cookies in the theme of this episode. Okay. So I I'm going to reveal wait. them to Chelsea right I now. Can't wait. And let's get her honest, uh, no doubt, supportive reaction to it. Here you go. <laughs> oh no. So if you haven't looked on Instagram yet, oh, Chelsea's already taken a picture of it. So I made cookies that I decorated like Stevel. The red eyes. They made red eyes, and it didn't do a very good job. But how did they taste? This is but how do they taste? This is where we find out. Certainly better than they look. We find out we taste our So once again, that was Altered Revelations. Check them out online, alteredrevelations.com, Facebook slash Altered Revelations. Yeah, so now we are back from commercial break. Of course, it was all a dream. We get the wavy lines effect coming into it. In the words of the notorious B.I.G., it was all a dream. (laughs) We didn't get them going in. We didn't get the wavy lines going in, so we had no way to really even suspect. Steve did lie down for a second and close his eyes, but... That wasn't enough. I mean, that could have been just so the doll could come to life while he had his eyes closed. Sitcoms love to use this It Was All a Dream device. It allows them to do weird shit for an episode without any lasting repercussions or questions, but it's hard to evaluate with the hero's journey oh an God. episode that was all a dream because it, it means that there are no stakes throughout. It doesn't, no one can be sort of held accountable for anything that they do and there aren't really any, there's no reason to be scared for anyone and so it's kind of hard to evaluate but I did my best so yeah. let's we'll call this right now the supreme ordeal. This is the supreme ordeal. So Steve wakes up screaming. Eddie enters and then he tries to describe his dream and Eddie really gives a, a succinct view of what Steve's problems are. He's like, you have an obsessive personality that strives for perfection yeah. and they get in the way of things. It's like, yeah, dude, good call. But I have a different theory. Oh. We should first of all say that this is one of those false waking up endings where yeah. he's still having a dream. Eddie, I think Eddie's of, character uh, is kind of a dumb jock character, I think right? he's meant to be, yeah. Yeah, and so he gives this very uncharacteristically nuanced sure. explanation for a psychological condition. Hilarious. Um, which is a joke just because it's so well phrased. Then he tries to give Steve like a lobotomy with a hand mixer. Hand mixer. And, and then, then Steve wakes up again. In the words of the notorious B.I.G., it was all a dream. It was all another dream. It was all another dream. And then he says to Eddie, oh, I had a horrible Halloween nightmare with a false ending. And Eddie's like, oh, you always have ho- holiday-themed nightmares. Yeah, okay. And we come, we're coming up to a line that I'm like, what the? With a what? Right. You have nightmares at Thanksgiving. Yep. You have nightmares at Easter. Uh-huh. And as they leave the room talking about his nightmares, there's a tight shot on the dummy to let you know he's not as innocent as he seems and he could be back someday. Uh-oh. Right. As the Notorious B.I.G. said, was it all a dream? Question mark shrug? But we also have a line as they're leaving the room where Steve says, next Groundhog's Day, I'm wearing steel pants. Yeah. I think it was probably just like a line where kids would be like, I don't understand what that means. That's the line that Chelsea said, I don't understand what that means. And well, like, just let it go. You're the innocent of us too. <laughs> oh my God. I think that it's a groundhogs in his butt thing. Oh my God. Well, because it was all a dream in terms of rewards and consequences, there's, word he's wrapped. really not learned anything and the ordinary no. world was never really in danger. So this is my theory. Yes. Okay. In classic horror movies and on TV, 
There's often a ventriloquist dummy used to represent the more violent, uninhibited, angry side of a nebbish, long-suffering ventriloquist. Sure. Okay? Anthony Hopkins, the movie Magic. Right. So this would have been a perfect setup for Steve. He comes downstairs. He's got a new thing he wants to try. Everybody laughs at him. Mm. He catches shit from people for eight seasons. Absolutely. You know, everyone mm. makes fun of him all the time. Yeah. This would have been a perfect opportunity for, well, Steve says, why would I have a dream like that? If he weren't talking to Eddie, if yeah. he were talking to Laura, or mm-hmm. if he were talking to Harriet, they could have said something along the lines of like, are there things that you want to say to us that you yeah. that you keep bottled up inside? And Steve could have represented like Steve Urkel's id unleashed doing all the things Steve might have wanted to do for eight seasons, but never could because so he's that, a nerd and yeah. nice and rational. And he wants to get rid of the Winslows so he can finally be one with himself. Yeah, sure. But that id is going to be the puppet master now, and Steve will take a, his nerdy, eager to please side will take a back seat. Right. They didn't do any of that. No. Of None of not. that at all. And this sounds exciting, what we're talking it about. It would have been so interesting. And then we could have wrapped it up with this lesson of like, you shouldn't keep things inside if you have a problem with someone. You should, yeah. you should if someone makes you feel bad, you should say, hey, that hurt my feeling or something, sure. you know? But they don't use any of that. Steve is just, it's just for Halloween. It's just like this weird puppet slash little person gag, sight yeah. gag. Yeah. Look, I've got a theory, but unfortunately, it's a theory that has to wait till the <gasps> next episode. Ooh, um. Creepy cliffhanger. <laughs> Watch out! What will happen next time? Creep Probably hanger? more of the same. Um, Creep hanger. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think cliffhanging is pretty spooky. If you watch this on Hulu, which is I don't know if we said that before. We've said it a couple times. You can sure. find this on Hulu. There's a little about a two minute featurette at the end of the episode. It's like a montage of puppeteering and green screens and and the um, behind the, scenes. the behind the scenes, the actors and puppeteers. I yeah. really enjoyed it. That it's was like great. kind of my favorite you part of the whole You get to see uh, Rich Carell, hashtag be my friend Rich Carell, in yeah. action. Also another thing that's going to have to wait till the next episode. And, yeah, and you get to see Josh Ryan Evans, the guy that uh, played Stevel yep. when he wasn't being a marionette. Uh, don't forget about Click or Treat. Don't forget to tell your friends about the podcast. Don't forget to leave us an iTunes review or comment or share on our social media and shoot us your address and we'll give you a sticker and you'll be entered to win the very special prize package. You can learn all about it. And you can find our email address and our post office box address on huggingandlearning.com. And once again, thank you very much for Altered Revelations, letting us use yeah. their music to really spooky up our snack times. Uh, please check them out. Bring snacks. Bring snacks to the show. Bring snacks to the show.